Hi, I'm Jane. This is John. And welcome to... Yours, Mine, and the Crazy X. So, uh, how's it going for you today, John? All right, well, since um, it's been a while since we had our last podcast, right? A couple weeks. Uh, so, we thought we'd check in with you guys and uh, just give you a general update. We've coming off a weekend, we were out in Santa Cruz and uh, had a good time. So, we're just. Uh, you know, spent some time with my son and did a lot of fun family stuff. It's been summer break with the kids, so, you know, we're starting to do a lot of activities and and uh, also sometimes it comes with issues, but, you know. I think that's, and so that's why we, I, we meant to podcast last week, but we were so busy that it just seemed like it never happened, which is terrible because I think you have to get on like a regular schedule. I think that's better, um, no matter what happens. So, <laughs> but things happen. So, as you had your kid for a week, um, and we were just go 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 every day. So, yeah, it's been summer vacation and sports stuff, youth sports stuff, which has been busy and good and all that. But um, you know, so now just uh, getting back into the week, I've started a new job, so that's kind of been my focus right now. But uh, it's going great. Cool. Um, so my week was super boring because both my bosses were on vacation this last week. So I tried finding things to do and keep myself busy and, um, you know, did the best I could. But, um, you know, it was nice, I guess, to have a little bit of a break. I didn't have to really take any days off work, but I kind of had a break. So that was nice. So um, anyway, so we'll get into it. Um, so our first uh, topic that we wanted to discuss, well, actually, I put the topics together, so they're sort of a surprise to him, so that's why he doesn't always know what we're going to talk about. Um, but one of them is something that keeps coming up for us is, uh, what does co-parenting mean to you? So I feel like people love to use that word co-parenting. It's sort of a buzzword, in my opinion. And I, I just don't know. I really, I looked everywhere on the internet. I tried to find like, what does co-parenting mean? I tried to find a definition. Um, you can kind of find some like guidelines to co-parenting, but there really isn't like one thing that said, that says like, here is what co-parenting is. And here are the things you should do to be a good co-parent. It's kind of hard to, I kind of put together a list based on multiple websites I looked at. So um, these are some of the things that, you know, we came up with or I came up with. Um, and so the first one, I would say it it says put the child's needs above all else. Um, I, I would say put the child's needs maybe above your own issues, maybe more than above all else I don't, I don't know sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes I think that's what they meant by that sometimes that's not possible seems like what that meant yeah um which you know we always try to do that of course right 
Um, and then respect for one another and for your role in the kids' lives. So like the mom role, the mom's role, and the dad's role. Um, you know, I think respect is a two-way street and respect is earned. And um, respect is a hard thing when you're just trampled on all the time. I, I don't know. Would you say you respect your co-parent? No. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, and, you know, I think it's mutual, you know. Um, and it's unfortunate because I would like to respect her. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a, that's a hard thing. All I will say, I mean, we can talk about this when we're done with the list. So I'll just keep going through the list. Um, having a detailed schedule. I think that's important in anything, especially high conflict parenting. We've, you know, talked about those tips last week or last episode. Right. Um, a willing to be flexible. <laughs> that is definitely something that she does not do. Yeah. I mean, when we started looking through these, I really started, cr I cringe every time you read one of these because I'm experiencing the opposite of each one of these. Right. <laughs> like willing to be flexible like you know there's traffic and you may be 10 minutes late or maybe grandma has a special 80th birthday party and you want your kid to go or like um you know when my mom died and you want someone for a funeral or you know there's a special friend's birthday party or you know anything it really could be anything um family reunion out of town I mean anything and if you get along and you're cool with each other I think that you're like sure go ahead you know take the kid sure no problem no worries you know because you want your kid to have fun and you know that they should experience whatever they can in their life again they only have one childhood let's make it the best they can possibly have um but there, there's no such flexibility on the other part. One minute late, and she's, you know, noting that. And then, you know, five, ten minutes late, it's police. Um, so there, and, and asking for, there's, we do not deviate from the court order. Ever, 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 ever. Mm -hmm. There's no flexibility there, ever. Yeah, we learned that lesson a long time ago, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all too familiar now. I mean, it's just over and over and over again, we get proven that, you know, there is no flexibility at all. And sadly, yeah. he misses out on things on her side, too, because she doesn't even ask to for you to be flexible. She doesn't ever right. ask to deviate from the court order. Yeah, and we've always been puzzled by this because, you know, life is so not fit. It does not fit in a, in a little box. So, I mean, it's it really is helpful to be flexible in life because things happen life yeah. happens right totally. and you know to to stay in some sort of a straight line all the time to have that expectation is just it's unrealistic you know and how the other side wants to think that's I realistic I, uh, <laughs> I don't get it I still can't wrap my head around like we plan everything if we want your kids to be there we plan that when you have them otherwise they will not be there yeah we planned yeah. our wedding for when we had your kids Right. We plan everything for when you have your kids because there's no such thing as being flexible. That's correct. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is discuss concerns 
regarding discipline, health, education, then decide, you know, or make, you know, sort of a decision about things. But what I would say add there is decide uh, jointly. Yeah. There should be a joint discussion decision. Right. But there is zero discussion about anything for you. Right. Yeah. I'm just, you know. You're just told what you're going to do. don't exist. Yeah. She makes her own decisions about what she's going to do. Important right. decisions that you should be consulted with. Right. I mean, you have joint legal custody. So many of these things are you're actually court ordered to make decisions together. So, yeah. And there's just blatant disregard. No, it's her way or the highway, and this is he's going to live how she tells you he's going to live, and um, you just have to deal with it because, you know, she's the mom or she's the custodial parent or, you know, whatever. Again, our situation is she's the mom, but I'm sure this happens both ways. Yeah, both parents. Um, We really don't discuss anything with her because there's no discussion ever needed for anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I will say that goes both ways for sure. Yeah, there's really no point to discussion. Uh, You know, we've just realized, you know, when somebody is, I think, committed to doing the opposite of co-parenting, you just know, no matter what you say, it just it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. because they'll find some way to undermine it. Mm-hmm. So there really is no point. Right. Um, and then the next one is don't engage in manipulation. That would be a nice one. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd be super great, right? Where you could just discuss things and talk about things and your kids could freely just be who they are and say what they want to do. And you don't worry about what the other parent is filling their head with or, you know... Maybe even the manipulation against you trying to manipulate, maybe. I mean, now, we know her tactics now, but I I could imagine someone that's just getting started with this doesn't necessarily know all these things. It took us a while. It takes time to figure out, uh, but, you know, I think it really just falls within a personality type, just... You know, certain individuals just like to manipulate or try to manipulate everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is talk to each other about changes. Um, and I would say changes being like changes to the schedule, which probably goes back to like flexibility. Um, changes in their life. Changes, you know, mm-hmm. any kind of um you know, things like that. Hey, I'm working on Saturday. Can you keep Johnny? And, you know, maybe then I'll take him an extra week, ne- day next week because I have a day off or, you know, anything like that, right? Or, you know, Johnny has swimming on Thursday nights now at 5, so can you pick him up at 6 or, you know, stuff like that, right? Yeah, there's, you know, I mean, there's just no healthy communication, you know, which, again makes things incredibly difficult, especially when you're trying to jointly raise a child. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and then the other one says, the children think that you get along. Do you think your son thinks you get along? <laughs> uh, no. Doubtful. I mean, my son's pretty inquisitive, so, you know, I'm sure he... 
we've never openly discussed it or he's never really mentioned much, mm-hmm. but I get a sense he gets it because, you know, we have like zero conversation with her in person. I don't talk to her on the phone mm-hmm. as much as possible. Don't hang out with her at activities. We don't do activities together unless it's forced. No joint anything. Yeah, nothing is, you know, when you have someone this toxic, you really try to limit contact as much as possible. Mm-hmm. That's a good tip. I've always th- thought that um, he must know, like he must see, I'm sure he has friends that have divorced parents, right? I'm sure, I feel like he must see examples of other parents that aren't together that get along. Right, that can, you know, at least have a conversation. That are just cool with each other, like, you know? So I don't, I mean, he must know. I mean. And conversations, really, I mean, like the last conversation we had, it was pretty contentious. Mm -hmm. I thought, although it was cordial, you could tell it was not friendly. Right. Um, And then uh, attending events without tension I would even say tension for you, tension for her, tension for the children. I mean, of course, it's all about the children. You can manage your own emotions, but your children should be able to, you know, have their school play and not worry that mom and dad are going to be fighting in the audience or, you know, if there's an issue with one par- where one parent sits or which parent gets to go backstage or, right, like all these potential issues, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could relax, you know, at an event and not have tension. But, um, you know, I mean, I think we put on the best face we can for the kids. But, you know, I I think I've realized this, there's just a natural limit. I think that you do pretty good with that. Yeah, I do pretty good. I mean, it, we just ignore her. So there's no tension. We just ignore right. her. Pretension yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you and, know, she's a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't, like, make a big deal about things before events if we have him or, you know, anything like that. So I don't know that he would pick up on any tension, though. I, I think there's tension because I'm just always wondering what crazy things she's going to do. So Or if she's even going to show up or, you know, she's going to hurt his feelings yeah. for the millionth time and not attend his activities. I'm sure it just looks in- unusual to people and kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you guys literally don't even talk. Right. <laughs> um, and then the next one is um, recognizing each other's purpose. Each parent's purpose. I'm sorry. Recognizing each parent's purpose. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I just, again, I cringe every one of these because, I mean, that's one of the main things I've always said, you know, is that I feel completely unvalidated unworthy um you know i mean if i were to vanish tomorrow that's the goal right um you know there's just no respect for me as a a person as a father as a parent Mm -hmm. absolutely no respect um and as a male with a male there are certain things like you need to teach your son that a woman just can't do like you know there's certain things you kind of need to learn from your father or you know many things and I just I think that's important yeah and you know the 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 sense I get from you know and it could be either parent right either a mom or a father when you have this personality type they I get a sense that they feel the other parent is not needed Mm -hmm. they're the only parent that this child needs they can be the mother and the father Mm -hmm. And I, it's, um, 
it's un, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what you call that. It's not based in reality. Well, yeah, I mean, you not but, having a father in your life affected you as an adult, all the way up until yeah. an adulthood. Yeah, and I think over time, that's kind of why I've really wanted to be the father that my father wasn't. And what's been most frustrating is to have to manage and deal with this continual battle since birth. And all I really want to be is recognized and respected as a father and allowed to engage my son. And that your son needs you. In a collaborative you. matter. He needs you. Yeah, and he needs me. Yeah. And, and your daughter uh, needs you. A father is her daughter's, you know, your daughter's first love. Right. You know, he's the bar that she sets for herself for her future partners. Yeah, and that's been destroyed too, right? So, I mean... Pretty I sad. I mean, sad. I don't know how that's going to go. She's going to have not daddy gonna issues. Go, not going to go well. Yeah. As I, you know, I mean, we have, I guess, well, I mean, we have mental health backgrounds. I mean, we've, you've done a lot of studying. I mean, we're, you know, I've got some mental health background as well. And you just know yep. when these things happen, what the pitfalls are. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah. I always laugh that like every intervention show I watch Almost 99% of them are daddy issues. All daddy issues. A lot Always. of daddy issues. Yeah, yeah. lots of daddy issues, and then especially seeing, with the females. And you're seeing drug addiction and, yeah. you know, over-sexualization and, you know, teen pregnancies and mm-hmm. the list goes on. Yep. Um, and then the next one is um, be forgiving. Do not hold grudges and constantly bring up the past. Wow. <laughs> that would be nice, right? Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, um, again, when we read these again, it's almost like this person read this and is doing the opposite. Right. <laughs> you know, um, this person is unforgiving. Yeah. And all they ever do is bring up the past. And all they do is bring up the past. Um, I mean, he's almost a teenager and she'll still bring up things from when he was a baby. Right. <laughs> like, don't you remember, blah, 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 blah. I mean, even though, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's at a, a greater age, I'd say, near teenage years. And, you know, it's been 12 years and I haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. I've been very consistent, you know, so it's just, it's, um, you wonder at what point am I good enough or have I shown? I've never. Yeah, I mean, at what point will... Ever. It's just, it's uh, it's, un- <laughs> it's unreasonable, you know. But the thing is, is like, be forgiving, like, of course, like, nobody's perfect. I don't know why anybody would try to have that standard for somebody, because we know she's not perfect. Oh, God, yeah. So I don't understand how she could have that standard for you. Yeah. Don't make mistakes, don't do this, don't do that, you know, it's like... It's extreme insecurity. And also... You grow as a person. And so maybe mistakes you made five years ago are not the mistakes you make today. Yeah. I mean, I'm a hugely, I don't know, you know, I mean, most people, as they age, I mean, generally, I would say, learn life lessons and you change. You know, I mean, if you think about yourself five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I would mm-hmm. venture to say most are very a very different person. You know, you're a different person from when you were 15 to 18 18 to 25, 30 to 40, you know, things change drastically. And then it's also hard too, because I will say 
you're afraid to even make normal mistakes because you know that's going to be used against you. And so you're yeah. constantly like on this vigilant like watch. Oh God, what did I do now? Mm-hmm. Oh God, don't make a mistake, which is really stressful. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it is stressful. You know, and I, I kind of notice it here and there, but you know, it's almost like um, it's almost like wa- walking a tightrope of trying to be perfect in life. Mm-hmm. Always, which is not possible. And I can't ever make a mistake. Of course. You know, um, which you know it is nerve wracking because. Life is sometimes you just make mistakes. Yeah. Not even of your own fault sometimes. Yeah. Just sometimes things happen. Things happen, you know, and you just, you know, sometimes someone else changes a plan or sometimes, you know, something out of completely out of your control. Like one time you got like a flat tire on the way home, on the way, I mean, dropping him off and you had to call a tow truck. Like that wasn't your fault. Like, (laughs) yeah. Sometimes shit just happens. Like I don't. You know, like. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in this life, that can't happen. Of right? course not. It's. Uh, Perfect 100 percent of the time. Yeah. It's it's. Um, or it's noted in some court document. Yeah. It really is not a good feeling, you know, to have to be that way every day. And, you know, it just adds to more of the mental health challenges, you know, more anxiety, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and then the next one I have is don't look for blame, look for solutions. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, wow. Man, again, how much blame comes my way? Yeah. How many solutions come my way? None. Zero. It's all just accusations. You, 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 <laughs> you. You're this, you're this, you're this, yeah. you did this, you did this. And one thing we started realizing, too, is that a lot of those are projections of themselves oh for sure so whatever they're blaming you or pointing the finger at all you know they could point that finger backwards back at them mm-hmm. and it's really odd i just don't understand how blame ever solves a problem if, if it's a problem that you have a, that you really want to solve that you have a really that's important yeah because it can concerns your child blame is never the way to get to a solution I think it comes probably more from a place of somebody who's in pain and wants to inflict pain on someone else mm-hmm. because of their own pain. Or they're just trying to make, you know, accusations for court. That too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it comes from a dark place, yeah. I think. Um, not a good place. Right. And it's a place of really despair and misery mm-hmm. is what I get a sense of, mm-hmm. which is sad. Of course. <laughs> but that's the problem. Misery likes company. We know company. there's mental health issues. Misery likes sure. company. Um, and then the next one is do not interrogate your child. Poof. Wow. Yeah, we've seen lots of evidence of interrogation. And lots. I know a lot of you have probably experienced the same. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's another sad issue. Yep. You know, and again, it's hard because we know a lot about what, that does to kids and people, mm-hmm. you know, who wants to be interrogated, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a good experience, you know, and it's, um, emotionally and mentally harming. Mm-hmm. It's damaging. And then I remember like, if, gosh, this was a while ago, probably five or six years ago, maybe even now, um, we, we told him like, you know, you can tell your mom that like, you know, something outside of safety, 
um, you know, abuse, anything like that, it's really none of her business. And you can just tell her that. Mm-hmm. My time with my dad is, you know, my business or however you want to word that nicely. You know, like, I don't... Because she would sit there and interrogate him for hours and hours after every visit. Yeah, and uh, I think it... He had mentioned that sometimes he would cry. Yeah. Right? yeah. To the point where he would cry. Yeah, because he would tell yeah. her to stop asking that it's none of her business. Yeah. And she would just keep asking and keep asking and he would just cry. And then sometimes he would just tell her whatever. And then you would get some ranting and raving email about, oh, he said this and he said this happened and blah, 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 blah. Which is why interrogation doesn't work. Yeah. Because you it's just. It's not truthful. That's, that's one of the things why torture doesn't work because. You torture somebody enough that they don't have an answer, they'll just give you one. Yeah. Because they want the torture to stop. You know, so it's the same same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and it's it's emotional abuse. Oh, totally. I mean, I remember one time... It's emotional abuse. She had him say that one of my kids punched him in the face, remember? And uh, we were yeah. like, uh, we were all right there. That never happened. They were just, like, wrestling around or playing or something. And, um, and again, we had video... Um, and we're like, no, that never happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think we just happened to be videoing it or something, right? They were no, just we had cameras in the house. Or, okay. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it was really just horse playing around, having a good time, you know, and knowing my son, he's, I remember he used to say things just to kind of in a joking way or, you know, and what's unfortunate is I think a lot of things were taken out of context or you don't know the whole situation, mm-hmm. you know, and. You, you honestly don't know where it's coming from. You know, maybe she's just taking words and she does that too, right? You just fabricate things. Yep. You know, oh, you were messing around. Oh, did he punch you? Yeah. Or maybe it's leading questions. You know, I mean, you don't know because you're not there, but, you know, I suspect any one of those things are going on. Yeah. <laughs> just really sad. Yeah, like, it's incredibly It's okay sad. to say something like, you know, how was your weekend? Did you have fun? Blah, blah, blah. But not okay to sit there and, you know, ask, like, specific, like, questions for, like, you know, well, did they do this? Well, how about this? What about this? What about that? Like, that's different. Yeah, because that's putting a child in the middle. You're, whoa, Whoa, that's a big firework. Wow. Fourth of July's coming, guys. Fireworks are going off here. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, where was I? Um, Yeah, so, I mean, uh, where were we? Um, Interrogating. Right. So, um, yeah, I think with interrogation, you know, it really just starts to show, you know, some of the the impact, right, on kids. Mm-hmm. For it's sure. not good. Yeah. Um, and then the final one I have is respect each other's time with the child. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's absolutely zero respect. Um, I mean, now the orders aren't even being followed. So, I mean, there's just complete disrespect uh, and no respect for my time. And the other thing that, like, it's subtle things sometimes, too. It's the barrage of emails when you have him. It's all, you know, that mm-hmm. that you that's going to upset you, you know? Yeah. Like, they always wait until you have your children with you to send, you know, all these emails. And now the other sudden there's all these problems and mm-hmm. you're getting calls from the lawyers and this and that. Or one time you got served papers while you were doing an exchange. Like, just mm-hmm. ridiculous stuff. Like, just crazy, crazy, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> it's um, it's a position that you're always under attack. Yeah. And when you have something like your child in your custody, then that's like, okay, now that's that's a prime time to attack now. And fill your time, fill your fill your week with, right? You know, mm-hmm. you, you wish the other person had other things to do other than, you know, harass you on your time. Well, probably because, you know, she's sitting there bored. Yeah. Yeah. She's got all the time in the world because she's alone. And that's part of the other issue is the obsession with making the other person's life, trying to make their life miserable like theirs. Mm-hmm. It's an obsession. And it's almost an addiction, right? I mean, mm-hmm. which is disturbing. Right. So do you have any awesome lab? That's the last on my list. Do you have anything else that you think, what does co-parenting mean to you? You know, I mean, I I don't know. You know, it, what's really weird is I see that list, and I, I was going to mention this. I know we talked about it, but, like, in the way that it's used toward me, and just I think many in other cases, the way it's used is instead of co-parenting, I would replace that with get along. Mm-hmm. They use it as they should be getting along. Mm-hmm. Remember we talked about this? Right. Where... If we don't see you guys getting along, then maybe you shouldn't have time, mm-hmm. more time. Right. But that really doesn't have anything to do with parenting uh, your child. Yeah, it has absolutely nothing to do with co-parenting, which I think is really interesting because I feel like it's used to try to limit time because you're showing conflict mm-hmm. and you're not able to co-parent, in quotes. Right, right. But, like, again, I think it's it's used in a negative way to show, hey, you're, you're not playing ball. You're not getting along with my parent or client. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is your fault. And this is why you don't have time because you can't get along with this person. But, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of a big issue we've seen over the years is why do we need to get along? Why do we need to be best friends? Why I mean, do we... that would be great. It would be great. But that's, it would be just great. Not, that's not always possible. Yeah, and, and unfortunately in this case, it is absolutely not possible, 100%. Right. Unless this other person gets some kind of help or right. has some sort of breakthrough, which mm-hmm. is not going to happen. I mean, like it's... in a perfect ideal world, to me, co-parenting would be you just put the kids first. You put your shit yeah. aside and you do what's best for the kids. To me, right. that overall, that's what co-parenting is. You get along. You don't hold shit against each other. You're not out to just destroy each other. Because honestly, when you destroy each parent, you're destroying the child. So yeah. I- I'm not seeing how that's helping your kid. Well, it's not. And if you could just be cool with each other, everybody's lives would all be easier. Yeah. Well, what's really sad about the other side is it comes from a selfish place. You know, it's their needs first over the child. Yeah. It's their need to harm the other parent first mm-hmm. over the well-being of the child. And I've actually explained this, and I really like this analogy of, you know, one parent hitting the other parent with a stick, which is what this is. It's just continually trying to find ways to hit me with a stick. But unfortunately, that stick is our child. So um, the thing is, you can use that child, the stick, to hit someone, the other parent. And great, you're going to hit them and cause injury. But the problem is, if you look at a stick and if you hit it on on something, and if you hit something long enough, if you look at that stick, what does it have on it? It's going to have marks Mm -hmm. from hitting something with it, right? Mm -hmm. 
So For what sure. ends up happening is you, you use that child as a weapon, which is what's happening here. Yep. You're continually hitting that other parent with that weapon. And you're doing harm to that stick, which is that child. Yep. In the process. Yeah. Which people don't get. Yeah. But, you know, I think the other side doesn't really care. Yeah, they don't. They're getting their needs. Their well, because needs if first. she cared, she would right. do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your your needs are more important. Right. That's selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think co-parenting is, is needed? Is it necessary? I think it's great, um, but I don't think it's needed. It's not, it shouldn't be a requirement of you getting time with your child. It shouldn't no. be a requirement in a court order. No, but we see it used all the time. Yeah, right? it's a famous buzzword. I swear to God, every email from the attorney. Yeah, you don't co-parent. You, you don't do care. Not co-parent. Oh, this is another example of your lack of co-parenting. Right. It's just like this magic word that says this person should not get more time. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> when sometimes uh, I'll re- refer to it, and I'm like, "What does that have to do with co-parenting? I have no. You just like to well, use that word." Yeah, and you know what's hilarious is, I mean, well, it's not hilarious. I mean, I've. I've asked mom, I think, a couple times, if not more. Yeah. Please define what co-parenting means. Mm-hmm. And what was my response? Nothing. Crickets. Yep. So, you know. Because they don't want to be held to it, right? Yeah. I mean, please tell me. You know, and then, you know, secondly on that, please tell me how you've done any of these things. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I forgot to put on here. Um, sharing information. That's, that's, yeah. I think that's an important co-parenting thing too, because that's one thing that we, when she loves to talk about how you don't co-parent, I'm like, well, she literally tells you zero about what goes on in your kid's life. Zero. Zero. You have to call the school to find out who the teacher is. You right. have to then contact the teacher and tell the teacher your name and information. And can you please keep me informed about all school events and activities because you get no information from mom. Right. You have to contact medical providers to find out information if, if you're not at the appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just zero. That To me, that's co-parenting. Right. Yeah, and you I mean, do zero. Yeah, working collaboratively, you know, and, and getting information, you know, passing that on. No report cards, no progress in school. Nothing. No nothing. Discussion. Nothing. No. And I think, you know, you're... And I know we've talked about parallel parenting, and that's something I think a lot of you who are in this situation should really look into. And, you know, I, I, I was watching something not recently, and they had said parallel parenting is co-parenting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I think that'd be something good to use to say, you know, because sometimes, you know, I think things have changed a little bit. I mean, yeah, our lawyer says that there's an understanding of what parallel parenting is, but... But they acted uh, like know. it was some foreign alien concept. Yeah. And, they'd never heard of. And it, and really, it's just doing everything that we're doing now. It's yeah. just doing everything on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting all of the information yourself, you know, doing all these things on your own. Because what does that do? That limits contact with the other parent. Of course. Right? Which, which is what you need best. to do in a high-conflict situation. Yeah. So I definitely recommend if you're in a high-conflict situation, switch over to parallel parenting. And you could do a search on that and get all the info on that. Mm-hmm. I even like was reading this one guy's article. I think he was an attorney. Um, and he was talking about how he feels like every, like a new divorce or new separation or anything like that, that you should always start with parallel parenting while the ending of the relationship is fresh 
until everyone can kind of get their emotions sort of dialed in and tuned down and everyone kind of gets into a groove and figures out what their new life is going to be like. And then you can start to engage more and incorporate more and sort of see what your new normal is going to be like. Yeah, I think the co-parenting model seems to be more for who are parents who are going to be amicable Mm -hmm. and cordial and really work together. But, you know, if that's not your situation, like right. like mine and right. ours, right. then you really need to flip over to parallel. Mm-hmm. And again, I will say, all caused by the legal system. Most people that I see are amicable are people that don't want to go to court, that where they both have a ton of money, and there's no need to go to court because you're just going to waste all your money in court. Like, I see a lot of celebrities now that there's this, like, conscience. What's it called? Conscience? Didn't What's-Her-Face do that? Um, Angelina Jolie. No, God, no. She's terrible. Don't mention her. Um, (laughs) If you want to look at a a celebrity relationship. I don't know why I can't Mm. think of her name, but she's an actress. Uh, Her kid's name is Apple. Gwyneth Paltrow, that's her name. Her and Mm. her um, ex-husband did this conscious uncoupling or something like that, where they were just um, this whole um, thing about what the divorce process and separating their family and they're very like child centered. And so it was like this whole like thing. And there's a lot of celebrities I've seen, um, sort of now that do that. So, um, kind of interesting, right? Um, there was that other, there was that other actress that was in, um, that science TV show. Mayam, whatever her name is, Mayam Bullock or something like that. She put out a bunch of videos about how her and her ex were were trying to co-parent together, and um, that was pretty inspiring. I wish most people, more people, would act like that and put messages like that out there because I think that stuff's sort of important. Yeah, I see. You know, <clears throat> it it's really uh, frustrating. I think. Well, it's just. Um, <laughs> I guess I mean it is frustrating just to see. You know, I've seen pictures of parents at sporting events. I've seen there's a picture of, I don't know if you remember that image of like father, mom, yeah, that's like everywhere. Stepmom, stepdad, all sitting in one line, you know, supporting a child during a sporting event. And I look at that and I'm like, wow, like that. I wish, mm-hmm. you know, I really wish, you know, mm-hmm. and and you know, if you want a blueprint for what should happen, that's what should happen. Yeah, of course. You know, everyone should be able to set every, all of their differences aside. And just, you know, move forward with what's best for the child, you know, um, which is that. I don't know why people, uh, but, why, why do you like conflict in your life? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's some sort of depletion, anger, um, I mean, I know it's insecurity. like definitely mental issues. It's but... a definitely mental health, <laughs> you know, it's a mental health issue. I, I even suspect sure. there's narcissistic personality disorder, but again, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> a lot of the indicators are there. I mean, we've done a lot of research mm-hmm. on this. Because, you know, when you come across something like this, you really just want to figure it out because it's so unusual. And then I started reading about covert mm-hmm. narcissism. Yeah. And that, to me, is what it is. It's not the, like, typical what you would see a narcissist with the grandiose, mm-hmm. like, behavior and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It To me, it's more subtle. Right. And so people don't even see it because it's so subtle. Yeah. And, you know, that's what's really terrible about this is and makes it even more insidious is that it is hidden. Yeah. 
you know, it's hidden from people's view, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you see, I don't know, I mean, it may sound dumb, but like a smudge on a shirt, you can see, you know, okay, that person has some smudge on them, you know, you can identify that. But I think um, in this situation, it's unseen, you know, and that's kind of makes it even more frustrating to go through something like this, because that's where you just feel alone sometimes, you know, and you don't feel like anyone else can really identify or see what you're going through or see what's going on. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right. So anything else you want to say about co-parenting, parallel parenting? Basically to me, parallel parenting is you do you at your house. I'll do me at my house. And we, we don't worry about it. As long as the kids are safe and happy and healthy, I don't need to be telling you how to parent. You don't tell me how to parent. And right. we just stick to the court order. And that's how it is. That's right? one mistake I've seen um, a lot of couples do. Well, just, you know, I, I've seen, I, I work in an area where I've see, I see this uh, in parents. And a lot of the mistakes I see being made, and I've, successfully been able to guide and encourage others to not do this and that's trying to dictate what goes on at the other parent's house yeah uh, trying to make it so that my parenting style should be what the other parent does mm-hmm. and that's a, a huge mistake because you have to realize you're no longer in a relationship mm-hmm. you're no you don't longer get a say anymore you don't get a say anymore and the mistake people make is nope that's my kid I get to say what goes on in that other house over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge mistake. Yep. And, you know, again, you got to look at it like, what would you want? You know, let's go back to the golden rule. Would you want someone to do that to you? Yeah, to no. dictate what you do in your own home? Yeah, she tries, but... So why her. is that okay for you to do that? <laughs> right? It's it's not okay. Yeah. So, sure. you know, basically, mind your own business. Yep. And do what you do at your yeah. own. Yeah. And again, we're we're always talking about like as long as the kids are happy, healthy, safe. If there's a safety issue, I can understand where you know me might want to bring that up and. Yeah, just but that's about discuss it. Discuss that, but that. That's it. Otherwise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That should be your only and, concern. And that should be done in a in a definite specific way as well. Um. So. Okay. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um, and so the next topic I have is sort of our current situation, what's going through, what you're going through right now, um, with your son's mom. Um, so it looks like you're getting ready to file. Yeah. Yeah. Getting ready, uh, getting documentation prepared to go back into the court system and try to get more time, uh, with my son just having lots of issues right now with just, um, you know, the other side seems to think that the court orders don't exist, particularly for them. Um, I think we talked about this the other day that, um, you know, they believe the court orders are only for me to follow, not them. Right. Uh, they twist and turn court orders. They add things to the orders. Yeah. Uh, they take things away from the orders. So, you know, and then there's tons of excuses, right? Yeah. Um, pages of emails of excuses and smearing mm-hmm. to try to justify not following a court order, you know? And again, I'm in a field that <laughs> court orders are not, you know, I've been held accountable to a court order. Um, 
you know, and it's, it's not something you should be manipulating is what I'm saying. You know, um, not only is it disrespectful to a judge, but you know, you can be held in contempt or violating court order, you know, and, but just the brazenness of just, Hey, I'm just going to create these orders as if, uh, and, and why judges take offense to that is because you're not wearing the robe. They approved it. They, you know, they're judging this. So now you're going and you're basically telling a judge. Well, you hope a judge. You're making you your own orders. You hope a judge. Well, I mean, you know, I could see I mean, that's, them that's how it's supposed to work. walking into the court. That's how it's supposed to and work. And you think that the judge is going to admonish them for not following the court order. But the family court judges, well, <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> issue. I mean, uh, really, it's it's you that has to follow the court order, not her. Right. You're the only one that gets in trouble, not her. Well, you know, my thing is, if that's the case, then write that in the order. Yeah. If that's well, why what, do we if have that's an what, order if, that's what we're gonna if do. we're just going to make things up as we go along? Well, yeah, and that's that's the other piece is that if you're just going to make up order, well, then I can just make up my orders then, right? Oh, no, you'll get in trouble. Yeah. So, you know, why is that? Um, so only you can make up orders, but I can't, mm-hmm. you know. And this is where I think a lot of the bias comes in. I don't know, you know, if it could be a male-female thing or if it's just a primary custody parent thing. And the other parent doesn't have as much time. There's some bias going on here, you know, and I I don't want to offend anyone or, you know, but there's definitely bias Mm -hmm. that I've experienced. I mean, I've, I've outright experienced bias as a father from certain individuals in court that I can blatantly see, you know, so I hope that's not going on, but with the unethical things I've seen going on in this family court, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. For sure. That there's heavy bias. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) For sure. I've been shocked with what I've seen. I mean, I'm a female, so for me, it's a different... I have a different perception, I think. Like, when I was in court, I'm sure that they felt railroaded and that I got everything. But I don't know, though, because when my oldest was young, he got 50-50, even though he was a shitty dad. Mm Mm-hmm. We went through a whole, like, investigation or whatever, evaluation, whatever it's called. And they gave him 50-50, which was, to me, absolutely ridiculous. Well, one thing I think you start to learn, unfortunately, is the laws in family court. And I don't know what state you're in, but our state, it's, you know, judges can decide whether they follow laws or not. Yep. Um, I've had a judge blatantly say he's not going to follow the law. Um, or, or abide by any court procedures that have been laid out, which shocked me, but, um, you know, it is what it is, you know, and I've seen other things like, you know, kind of what I've, I've heard. And I think our lawyer, my lawyer had talked to me about this, about the dynamics change with every piece of the puzzle. So you're talking about a courtroom. So which judge you're talking about who are the lawyers involved, who are the people involved, Mm-hmm. And, you know, so each one of those puzzles, if you change, changes the entire dynamic. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a specific lawyer, that changes things. If you've got a specific judge, that changes things. So if you just change one of those or all of them, you're going to get a completely different dynamic, which is scary. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just so. to further dive into, you know, something that honestly that you've been dealing with lately and I posted about this on our Instagram but 
just the complete lack of like so now she's not letting your son participate in sports right even though you're the coach yeah i'm the head coach of the team so um so on your time you can take him but on her time now she is no longer letting him participate against the court order yep um, and it's just frustrating because you just have to sit back and watch because there's until you file something in court, there's nothing you can do. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, <clears throat> again, the assumption is, oh, well, you know, you just uh, call the police or you do this, you do that and or just file some emergency. But that's not really an emergency. So really, you have no recourse. Well, the police won't you... do anything. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I've tried to call in a violation of court of a court order and I get told that's a civil matter and they just hang up on you. Um, But we had the other side do that and had the opposite result. Right. So, you know, again, bias uh, for whatever reason, but you know um, you know, I mean, I think it's really important that, you know, to understand that um, I don't know, it's just a, it's wacky and it's out of your control which is frustrating right it's crazy that you you know it's it's to me i'm just like ah like why do we just have to sit back like and but you know the great thing about it is before all her covert abuse towards you before was very it was still hidden hidden right yeah where it was just not blatant violations of the order right now it is she was just Um. super like abusive Right. But she didn't really violate the order. No. Not the, anything you could really get her on. No. And now we've got tons. And now you got a lot. Tons. And every week yeah. she just continues to it like violate continues. the order more and more and more and more. Yeah. So it's almost like, though it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think, um, you know, honestly, in a way, it's not a bad tactic. I'm almost thinking now because... You know, it's a good way to expose, you know, and that's one thing about the covertness and, you know, the hiddenness of this, you know, I mean, not that, you know, we want to set anybody up, but I mean, I think in a way it ends up happening that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's. You didn't even need to set her up. She did it herself. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's a, um, it's a fault of this personality type that, you know, you give them an inch and they take a mile five miles, 10 miles, 20 miles. Yeah. That's why we don't give an inch. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, once they get away with one thing, then, you know, I mean, it increases, right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we keep joking around. I bet she's going to start following that other orders, right? Maybe not even bringing them at some point, Yep. you know, which I, I wouldn't doubt because the more they feel they get away with things, they just feel more and more emboldened. Right. And take more and more advantage as much as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so. But you used to have a corrupt judge that was did anything for her attorney, anything right. she asked. I mean, I, I could read someday. We'll pro- we'll dive into this, I'm sure. But I mean, I would love to read the the trial orders to see the excuses of why you were not granted fifty fifty because I think that the general public would be completely shocked at the reasons he gave. That just he had to give a reason, and um, so it was just stupid, stupid stuff. Nothing that even matters. Nothing about the health and welfare and safety of the child. Nothing whatso-freaking-ever. Yeah, very minimal, just... Stupid. St- horribly stupid, stupid stuff. stuff. 
or it was almost laughable. But, yeah. Um, but you know, if it wasn't such a tragic thing for me to get that result, um, and this was after a long trial and all that stuff, and me thinking I'm winning, you know, I'm going to get 50-50 custody. There's no way in hell yeah. this judge is not going to... Yeah, your court, your case was great. Your trial, yeah. the trial went great. Everything trial was great. Was, you know, amazing. We thought, hey, you know, there's no way in hell this judge isn't going to grant 50-50. Mm-hmm. And for it to come out with that, you know, it was really just... Um, I almost can't even explain it. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, we'll go into that in another episode yeah. for sure. Cause you know, I just, again, want to talk a, about it's a pretty like, traumatic it's, event. Yeah. It's really, you for know, me. for sure. And that just sort of really opened your eyes to seeing, Oh, this judge yeah. is never going to give you what you want. Yeah. That's, never. that's when I really started to figure out like, okay, something's yeah. going on. This is not a level playing field. Right. There's things going on behind the scenes that, that's coming into play here. Mm-hmm. And her attorney's now known in the communities that we, you know, we talk a lot to the people that um, are in this area. And we talk to a lot of other victims of family court. So the, her attorney is well known, you know, as a just <laughs> completely corrupt piece of, you know what. So... Yeah, which I think is a huge flaw in this system, you know, and I don't know that I necessarily fault these people. Um, I mean, I do, but I think the system itself creates this. Yeah. It creates... For sure. It creates an avenue for this to flourish, you know, Mm -hmm. where I feel like if things were done differently, like automatic 50-50 custody would be nice. A jury trial? A jury trial. Uh, Lots, you know... You being afforded an attorney, not being financially destroyed by child support court, you know, not not going into a courtroom and creating a boxing ring mm-hmm. for two parents where one parent has to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I mean, we can go on and on about how many problems we think there are. But I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, what's in the best interest of a child is two healthy parents equally in a child's life. And the current way the family court system is set up is one parent is completely destroyed financially, legally. There's one winner and, you know, essentially... And two losers. The kid and the other parent. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, I guess... I mean, I see it as everyone's a loser, but I think the other side doesn't realize they're losing. Yeah. um, Because the true loss is the harm to your child. Well, yeah, of course. And that's a loss, but, you know, the other side doesn't care, so... Yeah, they don't see it that way. But it's... They'll do anything they can to win, so... Yeah. Um, so now you have a new judge. So and now you have all this evidence. And again, like I said, she just keeps giving more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So um, and now I, I feel like we have evidence from years, you know, past even like that stuff with the health insurance and, you know, stuff like where she's tried to impersonate me where we really didn't have a forum to bring it up before. But now I think it's important to show all, all these things, just so you can show a pattern of what this say. These are this is what we've been dealing with. This is what we've been trying to tell you we've been dealing with. So what? I think that now you can lay it out and be like, this is the mental illness. This is why. This is emotional abuse that is happening. So right. 
and you know, I mean, we talked about it too, and you know, we'll probably go into it later about how domestic violence plays into this and all that stuff. But I mean, there's just yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack. A with lot, this. right? Yeah. So now, I mean, and so now, I think going into court, you feel more confident because you have a ton of, and even the the part that I again that I still like don't get is that even her attorney is advising her to violate court orders. I mean, I have to imagine that's a bar violation. Not that the bar is anything worth anything here, but I mean, how, so now it's just, they're just both blatantly, they're just making excuses. Like she's messed up so many times. They're now trying to CYA. Right. Yeah. And there's all these accusations and all these excuses and all this stuff just being thrown around just to try to take away from the evidence or from the spotlight of her mistakes. Yeah. I mean, it's just like an avalanche of smearing and excuses. Yeah. Which they're hoping will cover up the facts. Right. It's like, look over here. Don't look over here. Right. Which, you know, I mean, shouldn't work. Um, You know, I mean, I think last time we had hoped that there would be an impartial judge and that they would look at how evidence and, you know, I mean, talking about evidence in family court is kind of pointless because, you know, (laughs) it's almost like you don't need evidence. It doesn't matter. But anyway, and even when you present evidence, you know, it's it's scary, you know, and that's where I feel like... Does the judge even look at it? And I mean... Yeah, I mean, and that's why, I mean, in this, in my case, I feel better having overwhelming evidence because Mm -hmm. just having something here and there which is kind of what we had last time i think it wasn't as compelling but then i think there was other factors corruption stuff for sure so um and then also like for me i get frustrated because your attorney is like we'll do this or this or this and i'm like well that's not a good idea that's not a good plan or i'll have you know like why are we doing that you know and it's just it's hard to like sit back and watch things unravel you know but then in the back of my mind I'm like always trying to think like there's a reason that she's doing this there's a reason that she's doing this because we've had several attorneys that we warned them before we even hired them we warned them what her attorney was like Mm -hmm. and her and was and we were like can you deal with this do you Mm -hmm. know how to deal with the bully do you know how to deal with an attorney that's unprofessional unethical this is super personal for her, and she would be willing to put her license on the line, I don't know why, for this person. And they're like, yeah, sure, no problem, we got this, we're tough. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you can handle it? Because mm-hmm. we need somebody that's going to stick up for us, that's not going to put up with their bull, that's not going to let them railroad them. Yeah. And it happens every freaking time. Every freaking time, they just cower down, they lay down, let them treat them like a doormat. Every time. Yeah, and I I keep trying to understand it, you know. I mean, I think it's just, we know how to deal with that, but I think the majority of the population does not know how to deal with bullies. You know, sad to say, I think a lot of people are victimized every single day. How can you be an attorney? A family mm. court attorney and not know how to deal with conflict. And you're, you're telling me they, they've never had a, an opposing party and their attorney that's like this? I, I can't I'm, imagine that. The only thing I suspect is an unusual level. 
of personal But then I also look at it like, too, like, oh, well, as long as your attorney's feeding into it, Mm -hmm. then y'all look crazy, and they're just driving up your legal fees. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's another tactic that we learned they do is, you know, I mean, and, you know, I mean, that goes back to the whole thing, the whole scam of family court, which, you know, if you really look at it, it's it's a money-making industry. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry. I mean, you look at all the service providers and everybody involved, I mean, everybody's getting paid, you know, and... If you're going through family court, I mean, you're paying out of pocket for almost everything, for mm-hmm. filings and for this, you know, getting uh, a transcript and you're paying for this and this and that. And, you know, and this is how people get financially destroyed, you know, and it's really sad. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm hoping that there's a tactic here. I'm hoping yeah. that sitting back and letting her make bad decisions and continually not following the court order you know she's just racking up more violations and more violations and more violations and um well i think i mean we talked about this where i i feel like more you know in some ways i mean you really got to be smart about this you know i mean i I think our situation is pretty unique because i'm I'm gonna think in most situations out there the other party's attorney isn't personally involved correct um, and I know that sounds crazy. Uh, and I think when we tell people, they're like, oh, you know, you're just, you know, that's just, you know, that's just what you think, but there's just no way. Oh no, she's there. Yeah. But, um, you think they're lovers. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I <laughs> that's think, how personal I think they're they are. lovers. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Um, there's definitely something going on and it's very personal and, you know, that's a totally different dynamic, you know, and it's a totally different approach or what you're what's coming at you, you know? So, I mean, I, again, it's just, it's and your very... attorney is like when they get, when she gets an email from opposing counsel, she's like, wow. <laughs> like yeah. how she talks to her even is unprofessional attorney to attorney. Again, I think people just can't believe it. They just can't believe somebody would behave this way. Yeah. Or, or like I said, they, they think what you're saying that it's like, Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. No, there's no way that yeah. would happen. Unfortunately, it's yeah. uh, it's the truth. It's completely fact. So whenever we have you know. an you know attorney there, like we warn them, and they're like, okay, sure, whatever, and I don't think they believe us. And then they get an email, and they're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? Like, <laughs> usually attorneys aren't full of smear campaigns and personal attacks and unethical and unprofessional behavior. Yeah, so it's, you know, I mean, it's really, um, again, it's just everything about this is so disturbing. Yeah, so. To watch. Yeah, so meanwhile, we just sit back and let her violate the court order and let him. Yeah, I was going to mention that, you know, when you're being attacked, it's obviously a common strategy to attack back. Um, Or... You know, sometimes even standing your ground, defending yourself, can be construed as you're you're attacking, you're engaging. But um, I really feel like the strategy that I have now is to allow myself to be attacked and to not respond. Because in a way, I'm looking at it from everyone else's perspective, maybe a judge's perspective, to really, you know, when you have two parents just going at it and you've got you know back and forth going on it's hard to pick out 
who the mole is, right? Who's the one causing these problems? You know, and the reality is it's either one parent or the other. That's the majority of the situation or it's both parents. So and in a lot of ways, when there's a lot of back and forth, I feel like people think it's both. You know, so you could have one conflict parent that's going to bring down the other parent because they're engaging you, they're involving you. And, you know, if you're doing defensive stuff or attacking you back, now now you're both seen as in the same category. So now they can't figure out who the a-hole is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're talking about, right? Who's the asshole, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm trying to make it abundantly clear to anyone observing this who the asshole is. Mm-hmm. In a way, you know what I mean. Right. Who's the one? Who's the one that's really doing the harm? Mm-hmm. Who's the problem? Right. You know, I I, I want to highlight. Right. I want to illuminate for everyone who's looking at this. Who is the issue? Who's mm-hmm. the problem here? Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of it is because also we've read a lot about how to deal like co-parenting with a narcissist, and a lot of it is you know. The first question you ask yourself is, does it require a response? I mean, I mean, I will say probably ninety-five percent of the emails we, you don't even respond to. Yeah. Which irritates her. I know. I know it irritates her because she mentions it all the time. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of probing, and you know, and you, you've got to realize that you know when you're always under attack, there's always that. Um. There's always the poking and prodding, right? And you know, again, this goes back to domestic violence. You know, when you have, you know, what's known as a reactive victim, sometimes what a perpetrator will do is, you know, they'll continually poke and prod you, start arguments with you, maybe even start getting physical with you, blocking doorways, all that kind of stuff. And you may be the victim, but, you know, one day you just finally snap and you hit back. Guess what? You're going to jail for domestic violence. But are they the perpetrator? No, that's a reactive victim. That's a victim who could no longer take it anymore mm-hmm. and they lashed out and now they look like they're the one that's the problem yeah which is unfortunate yeah totally right yeah especially while you're in family court you cannot do that whatsoever no again you've got to walk that tight line of being perfect yeah and not responding to anything you always got to remember anything you text or email or say will be used against you in court mm-hmm. so just know I mean I you know I treat it just like the work I do you know, whenever I send an email or a text, I'm writing that knowing the judge will read back. Yeah. So just just keep that in your mind. Yep. You know, if you want to go off on your other parent and all that stuff, don't do it. Don't do it. Not worth it. Just know that's all going to be in their filing. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> and and they'll use it against you. Oh, yeah. And they will forget to include whatever started the argument. If they started it, somehow miraculously that won't be included. Yeah, it'll just be their comments and all of yours will be omitted. You know, I mean, there's just tricks yeah. left and right, right? Yeah, so crazy. Um, and then I, so any tips when preparing for court? I mean, obviously, again, like evidence, 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 because they're, they're all, all their case is going to be is um, hearsay. They have no, They have no evidence of anything anything you've done it's all going to be wild accusations and hearsay Mm -hmm. so the more physical evidence you can bring to the table the better i think yeah i mean and just really trying to be mindful about documenting you know keeping things in a calendar 
and taking notes of things. It's, it's a pain in the ass, but you know, I think it really is good to show that pattern and show the, to demonstrate to the other, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. So for sure. And you know, even if you think your other parent is even this high conflict, they suggest you even write down, write down every time you drop the kid off, write down every time the other parent drops the kid off or picks up or whatever, write down what they're wearing, write down what you did with your time with them. It kind of depends on the level of minutia and the level of, you know, crazy that you're going to deal with in court. Because the problem is, is that we don't spend half our life documenting. She does. Yeah, because I'm too busy enjoying life. Right. Uh, the other side is too busy being miserable and obsessed with trying to ruin my life. So, you know, I mean, that's that's all they want to do is do that. And so that's hard Which, then when you, know, you, I don't, you don't have evidence to combat their evidence. Right. And yeah, she was late 10 times too, but we didn't write it down because we're busy enjoying our life. Right. And yeah, so it looks somehow, like you're the you're the only one that does that. But somehow we're less credible because I'm not obsessed about ruining her life. Right. But she is. Right. Which is, you know, it's not fair. Yeah. You know, um, you know, because all that stuff takes time. It takes a lot of time. Time and energy that I just don't... It takes so much time, you God. know. And, you know, I mean, I just... I mean, if I had to do that on top of work and everything else I'm doing, I mean, it's just... It's impossible, you know. And mm -hmm. I think that's another strength they have is they literally have nothing else in their life to do. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they've got all this time to just, uh, like I said, do the same crap, yep. you know. And, again, it's it's really unfortunate, you know. I don't know... Mm -hmm. You know, I guess that's their advantage, that the obsession, and they have nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, you know, that's right. And then she walks in with all her files and all her notes and all this, and so then, oh, she's credible. That's how they think. Some people think that because they have all this overwhelming evidence, evidence that's handwritten or notes or record-keeping of that person, that I don't consider that real evidence. To me, that's hearsay because I could write down anything I wanted to. Well, I think there's a difference between an allegation and evidence. Yeah. So there's a lot of allegations Right. Like when she's late, I send you the camera video yeah. that shows here she is 15 minutes late. Right. Like we have evidence. To me, that's evidence. Right. I mean, the other... Uh, unfortunate thing about family courts is they don't necessarily care about concrete evidence, yeah. which you would think they would. I'm used to courts like criminal court, you know, you need a police report, you need, uh, you know, when somebody gets caught for drugs, you've got a sample of the little pipe they had, all that stuff, right? None of that's needed in family court for yeah. some reason. Yep. Um, you can just state something on a document or in court. Apparently it's true. And apparently that's true. Yep. And you need to defend yourself to it, you know, um, but, you know, I mean, again, there's just all these tricks and tactics of just overwhelming stuff, you know, saying uh, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it's just it's nonsense. Yeah. Um, so then I have supporting each other through difficult times. Do you have any um, if, any advice about that? Supporting each other? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just really taking that time to disconnect discharge. I mean, we talked about tactics about like trying not to read emails, you know, picking a certain day of the week. I mean, I still get emails I haven't read from like months ago. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, there's just no point, you know, yeah. um, you know, with someone who's just so toxic. I mean, I've got two of them, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's a double whammy, you know, it's toxic and I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, you've really got to have good boundaries, good barriers, good, take care of yourself. You know? Supporting each other. Oh, yeah, well, I mean... Uh, we already did tips on coping here last week. Yeah, coping, well, okay, so supporting each other, I mean, I would say... I don't know, I mean, I guess just being there for each other, just trying to listen and, you know, I mean... I don't know, I mean, maybe just being there for each other, just understanding, just trying to listen, you know, help in process. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do a lot of processing. I think that's why we wanted to start this podcast. Right, because we're doing all this already mm-hmm. we're just you know you guys are the fly on the wall now yeah so we're already doing this mm-hmm. it's hard i like i will say like i created my own little segment that i'm going to add to this podcast by, that i did by myself but um the, do you know when when your partner wants support needs support and then sometimes sometimes they just want to be left alone mm-hmm. like maybe they don't want that support maybe they just want to go through whatever they're going through on their own mm-hmm. or maybe it's not your support they need maybe it's they want to go out with their buddies mm-hmm. or maybe it's you know i just want to you know do whatever yeah i mean i think it's definitely a good thing to have other interests you know i mean i've i've got other hobbies you know having hobbies i think you know but again i i going back to support, supporting each other in those things, right? Allow those things to happen and partners have other hobbies or, you know, have that distance when it's, you feel like it's needed. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes, I mean, everybody's different. I mean, I think a lot of times there's times where we want to process things together. There's times where I just, you know, you know, maybe you just want to go in a corner and cry for 10 minutes. You mm-hmm. know, I've done that too. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So this part of the episode I wanted to record by myself, Uh, so it's just Jane here. John is out with his friends, Um, but something that we really struggle with is definitely trying to be a supportive partner, and I don't know about struggle is the right word, but something that is difficult as a partner for someone going through this, how do you comfort them how do you try to make it better um one of the issues that we had this week really was upsetting to john and he was really emotional and this is part of the process that for me is really heartbreaking um to see these grown men cry because these moms have just totally done everything they can to try to destroy the relationship with these men and their children. They refuse to let them be fathers and everything is a fight and everything just turns into lawyers and court. And um, it was it's really difficult to try to watch your partner go through this and you can be as supportive as you want. And I know that that helps, but the problem doesn't really go away and you have to just sit back and maybe sometimes they don't even want your support. Maybe they want to just grieve on their own. 
maybe, you know, I know it's difficult sometimes for men to show their emotions, but really heartbreaking to watch them go through this. And, you know, you want to try to fix it for them. You want to try to be understanding. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not the one going through this. And so I would say, I don't understand everything that, you know, he goes through. And he definitely tries to put on a strong, happy, go lucky presence. Um, and sometimes I'm just amazed when I watch the things that he goes through. And I see that he looks like he's doing fine. But you know, inside they're not fine and they're not doing great and it's just something that they're trying to show the rest of the family you know that they're okay because I think they feel guilty putting this on us as partners for someone going through this um, to try to make it seem like it's not as big of a deal as it is and he doesn't want to cause me any additional stress than I already go through because of his crazy exes. So, you know, that's something that would really be helpful to maybe brainstorm ideas on what you can do and what helps and um, just to, to try to get more understanding and be more supportive and you know, you, you kind of figure it out as you go, but, um, you know, I, I, as a mom, I will never, ever understand trying to keep your child away from their father when they're a great father, not saying this is for, you know, other parents that maybe are abusive or have other addiction issues or things sort of like that, but for these really good dads that just want to be a part of their child's life and these moms that just all they do the, every single day is just try to break them down and break them down and break them down. And I know that's her goal. I know that's her goal is to make him crack or make him fall apart or, you know, not be successful in life, which I really still struggle with that because at the end of the day, the better person he is the better father he can be and I don't think these dads should be having to fight and fight and fight for just to be a part of their children's lives so um that's where you know we really have to change the way that people see this as you know again being a mom myself I don't know everything that's why we have two parents for children so that they can both be supportive partners for their children. And, you know, whether you're co-parenting or parallel parenting or, you know, just trying to fake it in front of the kids, you know, you do everything you have to do so that the kids don't suffer. Um, you know, to watch my husband cry in front of his, his son is you know, heartbreaking. And then how do you explain that to the kids that why they're so upset? 
you know, like this last week was not following the court order. But again, you know, all you can do is just keep collecting evidence and, you know, eventually go back to court someday. But that doesn't make what happened in that moment any better. So, you know, I just wanted to voice my thoughts on that while John wasn't here um, because it's really, really upsetting. It's, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's, you know, just so hard to be that person that just has to sit back and watch everything happen around you. And, um, sometimes the system helps and sometimes many times, actually often they don't often it's lawyers and lawyers and lawyers and lawyers and, and, you know, the, now the new thing is, oh, I'm not going to talk to you. You only can talk to my attorney and everything now has to go through attorneys. And I, I know there's a tactic to that to try to drive up legal fees. So I think that she knows she screwed up a ton and she's hoping if she burns through all of his retainer or drives up his legal fees, he won't be able to afford maybe to take her to court, you know, and that tactic is terrible too. So, you know, we, we warned both of his moms that this court process and having to go through courts and lawyers and stuff is only damaging to the children and it only hurts you as a parent. It even hurts them, you know, even when they win, it still, it still affects them. It's still, you know, they're going through their attorneys too, and they're part of the fight too. I, I can't imagine that any of this is good for anyone. So um, that's something that once John's back, I'll, you know, we'll do another podcast and we'll talk about this. But just some thoughts I had. I wanted to get out before John was here. So, um, you know, I, I see these men struggle. I, I really do. And again, as a partner and as a mom, and um, I just, I could never do that. You know, my kid's father's, my oldest son's dad was in and out of his life. By his own choice. I, I never stopped him from seeing him. I always encouraged them to have a relationship, but he just wasn't very responsible and he kind of just wanted to do his own thing. And that's his choice. He doesn't have a great relationship with his son today because of that. And uh, that's nothing that I ever did. You know, I even stopped sub child support because I just said, just please be a good dad. I wiped out all his back child support over $100,000. Because I said, I just want you to be a dad. That's all I need is just for you to be there for our son. So, you know, now he's in his mid-20s and, you know, he's a great kid, an awesome kid. Um, and so I just think that for moms, just do everything you can to support, you know, these parents. Because when both parents are doing well in life, your children do well in life. When both parents are struggling, your kids struggle. And you can put on a pretty face all you want, but at the end of the day, your kids are still struggling, really struggling, um, when all you do is fight and you don't work together and you don't look at what's best for the children and your ego takes over and you just want to win, 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 when at the end of the day, who wins? In family court, nobody wins. You know, maybe one person gets more time or gets more money whatever the case may be, but at the end of the day, when you're taking a parent away from a child, that's a good, loving parent, the kids hurt. 
the kids suffer and um i don't know how to we don't know how to explain it anymore we, we really don't even know what to say um to his son anymore because of course we don't ever want to say anything negative about the other parent but that's really difficult as they get older they ask more questions and they know what's going on and um you know we just we do the best we can and we just you know have to say hey that's your mom's choice you know like you're gonna need to talk to your mom about that share your feelings we encourage definitely in our house we're very very open we always talk to the kids about their feelings about what they want about we you know it the kids only have one childhood so my theory is make it the best childhood they can have because uh, someday they'll grow to be adults and you know I had a screwed up childhood and that definitely follows you into adulthood so anyway um just my own personal thought and um we'll add this to an episode that we do with John um so thanks um, and then the other topic that I wanted to discuss, this will be our last topic, is the mental health toll that this has taken on us. Yeah, good segue. Yeah, I mean, um, we're undiagnosed, but I mean, I think we've got a level of PTSD, uh, complex PTSD, I would say. Definitely anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and anxiety and depression are connected. So, I mean, I think... I've gone through bouts of anxiety, panic attacks, depression, um, con- this complex PTSD. I mean, I, I'm, I feel like a war vet. Mm-hmm. You know, every time, every time I walk into a courtroom, uh, every time I see a, a judge, um, every time I get an email from the other party, every time I get something in the mail, uh, even a knock on the door mm-hmm. uh, or doorbell. The dog's barking. Dog's barking. Um, it's a triggering, all those are triggering events that happen every day. Yeah. It can happen, you know, over and over and over again, you know, and unfortunately I'm in a, you know, in an area of work where I'm involved in those areas. So I have to see these people, mm-hmm. you know, and be close to them, which is, you know, I feel like I need to take a shower after, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I just, and it, again, it's just triggering things you know, whereas, you know, like a veteran, you know, goes to war, they come back, the war's over. Mm-hmm. You know, they still have PTSD, but hey, it's over. Mm-hmm. Right? You're, not, you're no longer being shot at. Mm-hmm. But in my, in our situation, my situation, I mean, we get shot at what, we're getting shots coming our way, you know, every other minute, mm-hmm. you know, every other day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sometimes it's many times a day or it could be every other day or weekly, but, you know, <clears throat> the war never stops right you know i mean i feel like how many tours have we done i mean yeah you know you talk about veterans you know they're damaged because they did three four tours i mean i've done 12 tours of, you know my uh, yeah. i don't know whatever you know i mean mm-hmm. I, it's like i don't no. know how many tours you and i get consider. it's not the same we're not comparing to the a war but yeah i mean i, I definitely wouldn't con- compare myself to a war vet you know being shot at but i'm just the effects the are PTSD the same is still you know. yeah it's still there you mm-hmm. know i mean I have a family member who's been to war. Just as an example that came to my head was, you know, when he came back from the war, certain things would happen. Like he'd go to the store, there'd be a backfire on a car, and he'd he'd hit the ground, you know, Um, just as an example, you know, and thinking he's being shot at, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kind of similar, right? But it's like a psychosomatic thing, Mm -hmm. you know. 
I will say, you know, so for me, just sharing my own personal mental health journey, which, you know, I'm just your wife. Like, these aren't even my kids. Uh, but this has taken a huge toll on me along with all my, like, other, like, medical problems, too, which, you know, didn't help. And then, like, I never had anxiety. I never had panic attacks before. I never had any of these issues. And now, like, my anxiety is, like, bad every day. Every day. And I, I'm not taking medication for it. I refuse. It's just, I'm, I don't like doctors. And I definitely don't like medication. So, you know, you just try to manage it on your own. And it just, it sucks. It's, it's not... I mean, that and then my chronic pain on top of my anxiety, on top of my PTSD. And then you got to function in a normal way. Like, it's amazing that we're even still here functioning members of society. Yeah. And I mean, that I'm able to go to work every day and that I'm, you know, a pretty relatively functioning adult. I try to be happy most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we just kind of push through and we support each other and we have so many other good things in our life that, you know, I mean, I think that it's just, it makes it, you know, I mean, I think it makes it easier to push through, but it's still difficult. Um, you know, there's certain days you just don't want to deal with anything and, mm-hmm. you know, you get overwhelmed and. And the anxiety, for me, the anxiety is the worst because it literally comes on for no reason and it doesn't go away. And I'm like, why am I anxious? It's really ridiculous. And uh, for me, my anxiety is mostly in my stomach, which is sort of is super annoying. Well, you know, and that's the other thing about this that really, again, is very insidious. And it's very, um, you know, I mean, I think I've struggled with some anger issues. Um, I've got a lot of anger, um, you know, and part of it is, you know, throughout this whole process, everything you love the most in this life is being harmed. My wife, my family, my children. I mean, uh, you know, people would kill for these things Mm -hmm. and they're being harmed every day. You know, especially you, I feel guilty that you're being harmed through my process because I feel like it's my fault. You know, it's my, this is, you know, this is part of what's going on in my life that's now affecting other people so I feel even worse, mm-hmm. you know, that it's causing harm to you. So it's just like pain on top of pain on top of pain, hurt, 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 more anger, more anger, more anger, mm-hmm. you know, and it just doesn't stop, you know, and to continually see the people you love the most in life continually hurt and damaged, you know, it, it's, it's hard to deal with, you know, and I think I try to disassociate or compartmentalize it. Um, it helps sometimes it doesn't help all the time you know um, I feel a lot of guilt from it I feel a lot of despair from it hurt mm-hmm. you know um, and it's wrong I think it's it's completely wrong and again that's I think a lot of behind this motivation to do this podcast to really get this stuff out to really start to look at legal stuff or whatever it is that we need to do and come together, you know, and and this was one thing I wanted to mention to the audience that we really need to come together on this, you know, um, there's just sharing our stories, just sharing this because we know others are going through this, you know, and we really just want to start a community of support for this because especially in our situation, my situation, it's, (laughs) it's, it's really, 
you you feel more alone than almost anyone because it's such a unique circumstance. Mm-hmm. And I know there's levels of it, you know, below this, and there's levels higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's not common, you know. I mean, it's you know, you would think it's a lot of people, but it's really not. And, you know, so I really think we need to come together as a community. It seems like a lot only because those are the type of, like, resources that I seek out. Right, yeah. You know, all the groups that we're involved in and all these, you know, YouTubes and all this other stuff, you know, it just it seems like a lot, but that's because that's what we're looking for. Right. But I th- we really need to organize and we really need to come together as a family, really, to combat this because, you know, just like any other issue... You want this, I personally want this to stop, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think of Martin Luther King, you know, there's this famous quote um, that I'll never forget. It's justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And that's, to me, that's just been a huge personal injustice? quote for me. I'm sorry, injustice. Thanks. It's getting late. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Uh-huh. All right. So <laughs> if that makes sense, we all have to come together to stop this because we know we're not the only ones. Yeah. People are being harmed here. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, I, I, I see us as whistleblowers, really. Mm-hmm. We're really trying to blow the whistle on this thing. It's so hard, too, because it seems also that every court is different and every this is different and because I'm in a lot of these groups and people ask for advice and usually my first response is always it totally depends on the judge yeah. and it shouldn't be that way it shouldn't be that way there should be a set of rules and laws and things that you you go to any court and it should all just be a standard but, but it's, it's not it's not it's not at all yeah and you know I, I don't know I don't think we fully figured out what the answers are but it definitely shouldn't be this, you know, um, because again, there's an extremely amount, a large amount of harm being done to mm-hmm. people and children. And, you know, I work in an area that deals with children and I have a special, I love my children and I, you know, I have a special thing placed in my heart for children. And, you know, not that people being harmed is bad enough, but you know, when it starts to involve children who are vulnerable, mm-hmm. now it's just like to another level to me, yeah. you know, um, you know, and, and just, just to see the harm that you've gone through and what I've gone through, no one should have to go through this. I think yeah. about that every day. Yeah. There's not one person on this planet that should go through what I've had to go through yeah. and what you've had to go through. No one. Yeah. I mean, this is unacceptable mm-hmm. and it's atrocious. And all for what? For what? For some child know. support and control of your kid? Yeah. For I, what? That's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every dollar, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, if you said, if you told me I could get away with what the other side has gotten away with and I'd give you a million dollars, I'd say no. I'd say no. I mean, 10 million, 20. Mm-hmm. There is no dollar amount that would be worth the amount of damage that this is doing to yeah. people and children. And the public needs to know. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to know. And we all need to come together to find a way to stop this. Mm-hmm. So anything else you want to add before we finish? No, I think that's... I, mean, I kind of went on my soapbox there, but... <laughs> all good. You all know, good. that's just 
crazy thoughts you have in your head when you're, you know, continually victimized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and over the last, you know, over, I will just end with over the last couple of weeks, you know, we did have your son and uh, for a week for, because it's summertime. I did a lot of awesome stuff with the kids. We got to go out and got to do a lot of fun, fun things. So I just want to sort of end it, you know, on a positive note. That... Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of greatness that happens, you know, and I think, you know, one thing I want to, you know, that's a good point. I think you can't let all this get you down, you know, no. when you're with your kids and I, I know good thing you read so much and you go through so much stuff because we picked up so many good tips and so many good things you know um and i really appreciate you for that you know one of the main things i remember was irregardless of all this bullshit going on when you're with your children be fully present as much as possible and focus on the enjoyment of that time yeah because the children truly are innocent in all this and we just need to continually show them that we are the loving parent and that we're going to protect them and we're going to do the best thing. Let's, we're going to do everything in their best interest. Mm-hmm. And just have a good time, right? Mm-hmm. And just un- ignore this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think we had to deal with some shit, you know, this week because I fucking absolutely had to. But I guarantee you, I did not want to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it's just, it's hard, you know. Um, especially, I think it was more of an issue because I'm getting ready to file. Right. Otherwise... I wouldn't give these people the time of the fucking day right, when you're with my right, kid. Right. When you're with your kid, shut your fucking phone off, turn your emails off, don't even check your texts. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do if I wasn't going to file. Right. But because I had to do that shit. Yeah. You know, my time, the time with your children is precious. Yeah. And they're getting older by the second. Yeah. And, you know, just enjoy that time. Yeah. And try to be positive, right? I mean, I think that's kind of how we deal with it. You know, we try to, you know. Oh, yeah. Our kids would have we no clue to, what we're going through. Yeah. They have no clue. I mean, we. We put on the best face we can, you know. I mean, even though we may not, you know, have that best face inside. Yeah. But, you know, I think we do our best to, again, shield them. Yeah, for sure. And I encourage you guys to do the same. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I just want to remind everyone we do have an Instagram, yours, mine, and the Crazy X. Uh, so, please write us comments. Like, come, you know, share your stories with us. We, we really do want to hear from people. And we want to grow our audience and, um, you know, really be able to use this platform as a way to help people. So, please share. Share our podcast with everyone. Yeah. So, uh, share, share our podcast. Share your stories. Message us. Comment on our stuff. Um, again, we're just, we just want to build this greater community and, and, and build this team to fight, fight what's going on here. And give you, um, a perspective that you're not going to get from, let me just tell you from most things I've read online. Yeah. I mean, I think we can, I think <laughs> so, we can save you a lot of pain. And, so definitely and, learn yeah. from our mistakes. Yeah. And, and I, I guarantee you, I have read almost every website possible about every single topic that we talk about. And I've probably read 20 maybe more books about this um so i really you know do try um to be knowledgeable and pass on you know real life wisdom (laughs) not some of these kooky things i read about that just have me laughing because they don't work in the real world yeah i definitely think web you know i mean i don't want to talk smack about anybody or anything really but i mean i think you really got to be careful and cautious who you listen to because we've seen, like you were saying, we've seen a lot of stuff that we just literally laugh out loud because we're just like, 
oh my god, these people have no freaking clue. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Yeah. And they proclaim they do, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's eye opening to see. And again, maybe that's know. their experience. Maybe things did work uh, perfectly yes. for them in court, and maybe they did have a fair judge and fair attorneys and ethical people, and maybe that is the way that things worked out for them. But that's not our story, so that's why we're sharing. So thanks so much for listening. Take care. Take care, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening. So I wanted to let everyone know we do have an Instagram account. It's yours, mine, and the crazy X. If you want to drop us an email, our email is yours, mine, and the crazy X at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>